Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. Today I want to wrap up uh, this short three-part series on the working of the Holy Spirit. If you missed the first two, they are online, and you can, uh, you can go there and, and download those or watch them. And so uh, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you today that uh, the fullness of the Spirit is what we've been singing and praying about, and we ask for that. Open our eyes and our ears to understand what the Spirit is saying and to do what you <clears throat> excuse me, have called us to do, Lord, today. <clears throat> Sorry. In Jesus' name. Amen. I was shouting and singing too much, sorry. I get doing that when we start worshiping, and then I forget i got to get up here. So, um, Just a review. How many of you like reviews? You go to school, you have reviews, right? Why do they have reviews? To see if you remember, right? See if you remember. So you review and you go, oh, no, not reviews. But uh, just as a review, part one was really about our free will that we all have. And the fact that when we walk in our free will, we can exercise this all the time, and we do all the time. But the problem sometimes is our free will gets in the way because we choose the wrong things. And so the fruit of the Spirit can be good or bad, depending on how you walk it out, and some of it is not so good. John 15, 16, he says about the fact that God chose us. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to do what? Go and bear what? Okay, so what kind of fruit should we bear? Good fruit. And not only that, he says, fruit that will last. So we talked about the second part last week. We talked about uh, the root of bad fruit. And the root of bad fruit comes from what's in our hearts. And what's in our hearts is what is revealed because of our actions. But also in Matthew 12, 34, it says, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so there's the two parts that we talked about. And today, I want to jump into good fruit is his spiritual fruit. Good fruit is spiritual fruit. So often when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we jump right into Galatians chapter 5, and we quote verses 22 and 23. Because they say, well, that's the fruit of the Spirit. So that's what we need to quote. That's what we need to know. And it tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Keep going. Now, that was tongues, and the interpretation is, it just sounds so funny from here, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, wow, gentleness, and self-control. Just think if the world was endowed with these things all the time. We would not have issues with terrorists. We would not have issues with people with guns doing things that are horrific. We would not have sexual abuse. We would not have so many things that are a product opposite to this fruit. And Paul is bringing this home to this this Gentile church in Galatia and all that they were battling there, and he brings this to the fore for them. And I thought, these are wonderful things that we should develop in our lives. Do you agree? Now, this, is, this should be evident in our lives as we follow Christ, and we want that good fruit. I mean, we like good fruit. We want that. But 
you know, what we could do at this point, we say, we all agree that we should have good fruit, yes? Okay, so now that you've said that, why don't we all just go home and live it? The sermon's done. You get out early today. None of you believe me. Well, you know me better. Because the point is this, that, that it's hard to go home and to live this. Some of you actually, and I'm, I'm just as guilty, sometimes after church we've been worshiping, we hear the word, we go through all this, we go outside, and within 10 minutes the fruit goes bad. Something happens that causes us to go in a different direction. And so we have to go a little further in this conversation today to see what we need to do, because it's not that simple. As a matter of fact, we need to go back to the beginning of what Paul was originally talking about. So don't just go and read about the fruit, but you need to listen to what he says prior to the two aspects of the fruit, the bad fruit and the good fruit, because he's saying something to us in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. So he says, and he's talking about the church. He's not talking about non-believers. He's talking about us. And he says this, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But, but he says, if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. You're not under the law. So if we are not living and walking this out, we cannot and are not free in the things of the Holy Spirit, but rather we can be, as Paul says, in bondage under the law, legalism, formal traditions. I I was raised in the Catholic Church, lots of formal traditions. Now, I'm not against traditions. Don't think that. But when a tradition causes you to walk away or go in the opposite direction of what God has, it is a bad tradition. Formalism. So formal traditions, man's ways, the devil's deceptions, destructive forces, strife, and so on and so on, we can so easily quench the Holy Spirit. I've had people come to Wilmot Center, and maybe you're one of those people today, people come to visit. And I was talking to a couple from London a few weeks back that were visiting with us. And they said, we try to get here about four times a year. I said, well, it's so good to see you. Thank you for coming. And they said, you know why we come? Because we know that when we come to Wilmot Center, we're going to experience the freshness of the Spirit. And I said, why can't you get that in your church? Because we're dry as bones. And I want to tell you that the churches that are going to rise above the four in these last days are the churches filled with the Holy Spirit. And the churches that are willing to do the battle in the things of the heavenly realms and the fullness of the Spirit. That is the only way we're going to survive. And so Paul is saying to us very clearly, the things of the, of the world are obvious. But the things of the Spirit are harder to live out than the things that are so obvious. And we can quench the Spirit by formalism, by legalism by strife and by following the deception of the devil. The Apostle Paul is saying the solution to biting, devouring, and destroying, which plagues the churches today, which happens so often, we should never say something negative about a brother and sister if we haven't said it to their face. 
We cannot put down the Baptists or the Pentecostals or anybody else for that matter because it's God's church. Have you ever been to a wedding and somebody says something really negative about the bride? I've been to weddings like that. And I hear people say something so negative about the bride. This is her big day. Sorry, guys, the wedding's really about her. Plain and simple. I mean, the rehearsals, is that okay? Is that what you want? They don't ask the guy. Because most guys go, where do I stand? What do I say? You're going to tell me what to say? Okay, I'll do it. What else do I got to do? That's it? Oh, no problem, I'm in. The girl's like, oh, oh, oh. But more guys faint than women, by the way. I've seen them go down like a ton of bricks. Because the moment they say, I do, they realize what's about to happen. So down they go. You don't want to say anything negative about the bride. My goodness. But I've heard it, and and I hear it in the body. And the Lord is not pleased when we do this. Because it speaks of the gratification of the flesh. And Paul says, if you're walking by the Spirit, you look and act different. And he even says there's a huge contrast because the, 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 uh, the Greek word for flesh is sarx, S-A-R-X. I always think like shark, but it's sarx. And of course, spirit is pneuma. And he's saying this flesh or the sarx, he's saying in the context of the Christian thinking, originally sarx in the, in the uh, Roman thinking was um, just uh, the world. But Paul boils it down to not only the world, but to the very flesh of humanity as he talks about it. So the, the meaning started to change because Paul started to talk about it of the original sin that entered the world and the original sin that helps us fail, walks in the stain of sin. And so Paul's really saying there's such a, a huge gap between Sark's and the spirit, pneuma. He said, that's just like they're opposites. And when they come together, it's like a huge collision because they don't get along at all. There was times with my brothers, I didn't get along and we got into fights. Not that any of you have ever done such a thing, but I've gotten into fights with my brothers. So if Wolfgang was my older brother and he told me off and I didn't like it, what do you think I did? I pushed him. And then he pushed me. And then I pushed him, and the parents came in and saw me pushing him. <laughs> so you know who got in trouble. And that's what it's like. It's like the flesh is pushing against the spirit and fighting for its rights. And the spirit is rising up within us and saying, no. But the natural man, the old nature, the sarks, wants to have its way. That old fallen sinful nature that Paul is addressing. The flesh of our humanity is totally incapable of knowing God. Humanity cannot know God outside of the work of the cross and the fullness of the Spirit. It's impossible to know God. If you're sitting here, it says even the demons know and tremble. And so you and I are in the, in the divine position to receive what the Spirit wants to do. For apart from faith, 
And apart from special revelation and the redempting work of the cross, we will never know because the barrier of sin is always there to keep us from the work of the Spirit and what God wants to do in our lives. And so that is the battlefield that every one of us faces. Colossians 2, 13, 15 says this, When you are dead in your sins... And in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. Isn't that amazing? So he's saying, on one hand, when you're in your sin, you're totally dead. But when you met Christ, you came to life. Isn't that awesome? Came to life. And just, just, just I, people like to watch. I, I don't, personally, I would never do this. So if this is you, that's fine. I would never film a child being born. Gross. I mean, I was there. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't there when our daughter was born because April and I were in a bad place at that point. But when our son was born, I was right there. I almost had to leave the room. And, and you know, when he's talking about life, but there's something about life when, when, when uh, in the farm, when a, a baby calf is born or, or whatever, people are excited because it's new life. When a child is born, it is new life. And, and when we hold a baby, it's new life. I like the first time a guy, a man really holds a baby. They're like, will they break? Like, can I do this? You know, I've seen that. I've, I've had somebody ask me that. If I hold the baby, are they going to be okay? Will they break? No, they won't break. You know, just be careful. So it's this new life. People are excited. I remember Dr. Billy Graham saying that he could be up in front of thousands and thousands of people preaching. And he says, the moment somebody came forward with a baby, he lost the crowd. He said, the baby took over. This new life moment that Paul's talking about is like that. We have a new life, born again. He forgave us all our sins. How many of our sins are forgiven? All our sins. Having canceled the written code, ah, there's the law, with his regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, hallelujah, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers, this is great, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. For we do not fight flesh and blood, but we fight who? Principalities, powers, wickedness, darkness in the high places. Jesus made a spectacle of them. When the enemy thought that he had defeated Jesus on the cross and defeated the disciples and stopped the movement of what God had always intended through his son, Jesus said, watch this. And on the cross, he made a spectacle of the enemy and dealt with the flesh so that the Holy Spirit could come, the pneuma, which really means wind or air or breath and life. And so the Holy Spirit chooses to take up residence in believers, in Christians, to enable us to walk in the Spirit and to understand spiritual things. I read the Bible a bit before I was a believer, and it was just stories. Didn't make sense to me. But when, when I became a believer, he opened my eyes. And I started to read the Bible, and I couldn't put it down. I would just read it and read it and read it. I was in a carpool with, with an atheist and an agnostic and a Buddhist. 
Talk about a mission field every day. I'd sit in the back of the car reading the Bible, and sometimes I'd say, hey, guys, listen to this. And I'd read Proverbs about, you know, a wife on the roof and dripping faucets, and, you know, I'd find stuff like that. And they go, that's in the Bible? I'd say, yeah. And they go, whoa, write that down. I might use that. And even the atheist said to me, he says, I don't believe in any of that. And I said, but you always listen every time we drive. You see, the, the word of the Lord won't return what? Boy. So where his word goes, it goes. It is a sword. Cuts asunder things. And so he says, with this word, with this walking out every day, you will understand what's happening and what the Spirit really is saying to us. We who have the Spirit understand these things, but others can't understand us at all. It's foolishness, the preaching of the cross. It's foolishness to the world when we stand up and we listen to the Spirit. Now, Susan Davidson, where are you? I want you to share the word the Lord gave you. Because when we're walking by the Spirit, and this is for all of us, and, and we haven't got into the gifts of the Spirit and all these kind of things, but there's many gifts and there's many offices. It talks about the five offices in Ephesians. But one of the gifts is, is the word of knowledge, and another one is prophetic. And Susan Davidson came to me and said, God's given me a word that I feel I'm to share today for the body. And I said, tell me. And she told me. I said, please. And so, Susan? I'm a big God, and I got this. There are lots of changes taking place. I am a God that is the same today, tomorrow, yesterday. But I require change to draw you closer to me. Do not be afraid. There are lots of changes. Some are starting new chapters in their life. Parenthood, retirement, illness, school. All things that will bring change. Within my body here at Wilmot Center, there is change. Do not be afraid. I got this. The changes that you are facing are for your growth to draw closer to me. Do you trust me? Are you willing to allow me to take control? I am a good God. I am a big God. I got this. Amen. I caution you not to be like the Israelites who murmured against Moses. They wandered because they did not trust me. Trust me, I have everything under control. My dear children, this moving within the body here within Wilmot Center is me, moving those I have called into the places I want them to be. Do not be anxious of the future. I got it. Trust me. Why are you hesitating to trust me? Why can you not give this all to me? I know the big picture. I know the future. You are a blessed people. I have much for you, much for you to do. Don't worry about the uncertainty you feel. I got it. But you have to give it to me. You have to give it all to me. I want to work through you, but I am not going to force myself. You need to be obedient. Be obedient to what I ask of you. 
I will not ask more of you than what I will give you strength and giftings to do. Church, listen to what I'm saying. I know the future. I know what this body will become in my kingdom. But more, I know the work that I have planned for you here in Wilmot. Move forward boldly. Do not be anxious. Move in unity. Move with obedience. Move without fear. I am a big God, and I got it. Amen. Those who have the Spirit can understand what the Spirit means. Do we understand what the Spirit just said? I don't know about you, but the one thing I heard was, I got this. Thank you, God. Thank you, Susan, for your obedience. And that's what Paul is saying to us. He's saying, yeah, you can have the fruit. And that's awesome. But he said, but first you need to learn how to walk by the Spirit. How to be open to what the Spirit is saying. And so that word is a powerful word that we need to think about, not only as a church, but as Christians. How many of us need to hear, God's got it? God's got it. Whatever you're walking through, God's got it. And that's what Paul is saying. When you start to walk by the Spirit, things change and you understand things differently, not as the world does, but as His Spirit would lead us. And so the good fruit that comes of this, this spiritual fruit, begins when I have that first off personal act of Lord and Savior relationship with Jesus, but then also knowing that the Father wants to fill me with His Spirit, and I walk that out. Romans 8, 15 and 16, for you did not receive a spirit, small s, that makes you a slave again to fear. So many people live in fear, but you receive the spirit of sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. This intimate relationship, because of the Spirit Himself, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are God's children. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, not only does He have you, but you're His son or daughter. Hallelujah. You're a son of the King. You're a daughter of the King. I don't know about you, but that, that gets me going. Because if God is for me, who can be against me. And so he rises up within us say, hey, when you walk by the Spirit, I'm not only there with you, but I'm going before you. We were singing it today. We were celebrating. Thanks, Mark. Those songs were right on. You heard from the Holy Spirit, and you walked by the Spirit, and you picked those songs, and we joined you in that celebration. And so through Jesus Christ, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit begins to develop and transform our lifestyle. And that's what it's about. It's a changing lifestyle. It's a changing lifestyle in the presence of God and with others. And the power that we've been given in the Holy Spirit, it's for winning the war. Not losing the war, but winning the war. I don't know about you, but I battle things. Anybody else battle things? Temptations, opportunities, times you can get mad, times you don't have patience. Times you go through something and, and you totally forget for a moment 
that, that you're a believer. Because you start walking in the flesh. You step out in the flesh. Does anybody here besides me ever step out in the flesh? All of us. Okay? There's only one who never did. You know who that was? Jesus. He's the only one. He's the only one. I'm not saying we're walking around doing all kinds of horrible things. That's not what I'm saying. But the scripture is clear that, that the, the demonic forces we are fighting are so real. Last night I was on the phone, uh, April and I, uh, speakerphone with uh, Dave and Carrie Heaslip, friends of ours in Collingwood. They've been here a few times. And they were asking about the trip to Ethiopia. I haven't said a whole lot about that trip. Uh, Matt Guyverson kind of did that. <laughs> but um, he asked me, he said, your, your oldest grandson went, Braden. He said, what, what was it like for him? And I said, you know, we really didn't get into some place where we were fighting the demonic forces the same. As I've been on some trips, like just the, the presence of, the, of the, the evil just is overwhelming with shamans and, and demonic forces and tribal worship and on and on. And I said, we really weren't exposed to that too much on this trip, thankfully. But I want to tell you, I've been in places where it is so dark and so heavy that you can feel the oppression. When we were in El Salvador doing missions, we were constantly under spiritual attack. But I want to tell you, when we stood up and stepped out in the power of the Spirit, things happened. People were healed. People were delivered. And these people were so hungry for God. It was like an eye-opening experience for me to watch this and then to be a part of it. And, and it was so stinking hot. Like, this, this is hot. Do you agree? This is hot. Move over. It was so hot. And these people were in a, an area about this size right here. About 200 people crammed in there. Dancing and, and sweating and just... It was, and, the, and the band is playing and we show up. And we're ready to, but the, the warfare, the warfare, the warfare. As a matter of fact, they told us we had to be home before dark because of the gorillas. Not the gorilla, but the gorilla. Okay? And, uh, and the, each night we got later and later and later because God was doing more things. I laid hands on a lady. I remember, I, was, I can still picture it. She had a tumor growing out of here. And, and I mean, the power of the sphere was so strong. Well, I just put my hand there and I felt it go, whoop just disappeared like I was more freaked than she was and we just saw the Lord do this over and over it was just wow but at the same time the warfare was so strong we had to fast and fast and pray all the time and I remember when I left El Salvador and I crossed the border into Guatemala and it was like a weight came off my shoulders it was just like like a heavy 300 pound man was on my shoulders all the time we were in El Salvador and then it lifted and when we got to where we were going, I was talking to the missionaries where we were staying, and it was late at night, and I said to him just before bed, I said, can I, I just have to say one more thing, and I told him the story of that, and he said, he said, Rob, he said, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that story, where the, where the demonic presence is so strong there, and the battle is so thick that when you crossed over here, he says, you know the difference? I said, what made the difference? He said, two things. He said, number one, in Guatemala, the churches walk in the power of the Spirit. He says, and number two, we have 24-hour-a-day prayer vigils around the clock. 
Now that, to me, was an eye-opener. And the Apostle Paul is trying to drive this point home that this old flesh of mine and yours can be a hindrance to walking in the Spirit if we are not recognizing the battle we are in. And, and I have to walk this out every single day. And I can be so weak. But yet the work of God wants to be a complete work. And I don't want to be in a position or you to struggle with sin all the time. Hebrews chapter 12. If you have it, I want to read it. You can follow along. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, three verses. Because the author of Hebrews, it's discussed, is it Paul? We don't know. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter in the moment. The moment is this, that this is the word of God. And in Hebrews 11, what is it about? What's Hebrews 11 about? Faith and all the people who walked it out, right? And so, so we have this, this, this honorary list. We have an honorary list in front of us, and then we jump into chapter 12. And it says this, Therefore, because of all these people, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes, oh Lord, help us, on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That you and I as followers of Christ walking in the things of the Spirit, when the fruit stinks sometimes, we do not grow weary and lose heart. You keep running the race that God's called you to run. Because the day is coming when I and you will stand before the throne of God and give account for our lives. The Bible tells us that day is coming. You can't avoid it. Even if you were frozen for a hundred years, when you thaw out, sooner or later you're going to die. And the point is this, that I have to stand before God and give account, especially as a pastor as a teacher. But more than that, as a follower of Christ, am I walking in the things of the Spirit or am I walking in the things of the flesh? There is a battle going on. And that's why Paul says, so live by the Spirit or walk by the Spirit every single day. As a matter of fact, Paul uses a, a, an active verb here of walk. It's kind of like always walking. You know, Paul didn't have a Fitbit, but he was saying, in the Spirit, walk. Keep walking. Don't stop walking. Just keep walking in the Spirit. Walk it out every day. Don't stop. Use the gifts you have. Use the place that God has put you. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. But walk it out every single day. All the time. Paul, using that word walk, walk it out. Walk it out. Don't stop. Just keep going. Don't look back. Keep walking. It's a daily occurrence. Every single day. When Every morning you wake up, you have a choice. You're either going to follow the Spirit or you're going to follow the flesh. You're either going to embrace the things of the Spirit or you're going to embrace the things of the flesh. And so Paul says, walk it out. If you want the good fruit, if you want that good fruit in your life that he talks about, then something has to change when I walk. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When I read those things, I look at each one and I say, do I operate in love? Do I have joy in the journey? Do I have an inner peace from the Lord? Am I patient with people? Do I show kindness to those who don't show kindness to me? Do I walk out goodness? Am I faithful in the things that I say I will do and faithful to the things of the Lord? Am I gentle? And do I operate with self-control? If the church, you and I, the body of Christ, the bride, if we lived like this, it would be a different world. And so today we make a choice. Today we make a choice. Do I embrace these words of Paul or do I not? Do I choose to live my life to walk by the Spirit or not? Am I going to allow the enemy and the flesh and the world and the bad fruit to rise up in me? Even though I say I'm a follower of Christ, I still demonstrate bad fruit all the time. Then there's a problem. And the problem is sin and the flesh get in the way and we allow those things to rule and reign in our lives. And the moment I do that, the moment I embrace those things, I need to repent. I need to ask God or whomever to forgive me for what I've said or done because I don't want the enemy to have a foothold in my life. Don't give the enemy an inch, he'll take a what? Yeah. He'll take as much as he can. You give him that much, that's an open door. And he'll go for it. He'll go for it. Um, maybe you struggle with anger. Maybe you struggle with judging others. Maybe you struggle with, where's God in all of this? And so you don't want to walk in these things. Maybe you struggle with self-control. Well, we need to confess that. We need to repent of it. We need to have prayer for that. And then live in obedience to what the Holy Spirit is saying, the leading of the Holy Spirit. When I meet someone who's been walking with the Lord for a long, long time, I look to them to be a mentor to me. If they say, I've known Jesus my whole life, I expect to see more maturity, more wisdom, more understanding of the things of God than I have. And I'll tell you why. Because I believe the longer you walk with the Lord, the more these things should be evident in your life. I remember April's dad. He was an army sergeant. He was a white glove over the dust kind of guy. He made these young children, these young people who are out of control, come in line. He was a sergeant, and he was gruff, and he was tough, and he took nothing from anybody. Well, you know, when he started giving his life to the Lord, that started to melt. That started to change, eh, hon? And we saw this different man start to appear. Isn't that great how God does that? That's why we're born again. We're renewed. We're different. So who you were, you are no longer. That's the old man, as they say. That's what Paul's saying. When you live by the Spirit, you're going to be so transformed, so changed, that the world doesn't understand you anymore. And you live that out every single day. And we started to watch this man, and as his health started to decline, we saw a gentler and gentler. Oh, he still got upset once in a while. He still won't always beat you at Scrabble. He still, he still was, when it came to that stuff, you know, he's very competitive. But 
When it came to things of life, he changed. When my mom fought cancer for three years, I saw her change. Because Jesus was changing her heart and becoming a different person. You should be, I should be a different person. Do you agree? Because it's no longer I that, but Christ lives in me. So it's no longer me walking about here. I'm a dead man walking. Hallelujah. I'm a dead man walking. I'm dead in the old man. I'm alive in Christ. And I'm walking in the things of the Spirit. And I'm listening for the Spirit. And I want to follow what the Spirit says. I say, Lord, I don't understand this stuff. Lord, open my eyes and my ears to understand what the Spirit is saying. And that's what Jesus said to the church in the Revelation. If you look, he says that to all seven churches. He says, listen to what the Spirit is saying. Those who have ears and eyes to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I want to tell you, folks, he's saying a lot these days, and we better be listening. Don't think it's strange what's happening in the world with our weather. Don't think it's strange what's happening with Donald Trump. Don't think it's strange what's going on these days, because God is preparing the way, but the church needs to rise up and walk in the Spirit and not demonstrate the flesh. And when I talk to people who aren't going to church anymore, who were in church, I ask why. And they say, because of this, this, and this, and this, and I can't go back to church. And I say, that's so wrong. That's the flesh. Who hasn't been hurt? Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's right. But if I walk in that old way, then I'm stuck. I'm in legalism. I'm under the law. I'm under my own thinking, my own understanding, my own rights, my own will, my own way. That's totally opposite to God. Because if I'm going to stand here and sing, it's no longer I that live, but that Christ that lives in me, then I better, I better mean it. Because the Lord may say to me one day, hey, Rob, remember that day you were standing in front of the church and you were saying those words and then you didn't live it? Do you remember that day? Uh, no. But I know you do. I think it'll be that simple when we see God. And yet that profound. Let's pray. Worship team's going to come. Would you stand with me, please? Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to be a people who walk by the Spirit, knowing that you got it. That no matter what we're going through, any of us, individually, in a family, in a church, you got it. But... But, but I pray in Jesus' name for all of us here, if, there, if you know in your heart, first off, that you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, today's that day. He is waiting for you with arms wide open. He's waiting for you to say, Jesus, just take me the way I am, because that's what he'll do. He says, I got all this, this stuff in my life that that is all messed up and I got all this fleshly stuff happening and and I hear about this life and the spirit and all these things. I don't understand it, but Lord, I want it. If that's you today, then let's believe God to do that for you. We want to pray with you about that. If you're here today and you say, I have some of this stuff in my life, I still have this anger issue or I still have whatever it is, you fill in the blank. And the fruit that should be there, that good fruit, I'm not walking in the Spirit, it's the flesh. I I want prayer for that again. Maybe you've had that prayer a hundred times. Well, we're going to pray again. 
keep pounding the gates of heaven. You don't give up. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles and run the race set before you with perseverance, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So maybe there's something there that God wants to deal with in your heart. And thirdly, maybe you're saying, well, I'm hearing all this stuff about the Spirit, but I don't really know what it means. <laughs> but I'm ready to receive what the Holy Spirit has for me. I just want what He wants to give me. And so here today, what we want to do as we close this service off, this is an opportunity for you to actually come physically to the front here where people will pray with you. Maybe you need anointing of oil for prayer for healing. We believe in the power of healing. For by His stripes we are healed. We believe in the power of the resurrection to resurrect what is old to make it new in our lives. We believe in the authority of Christ that in the name of Jesus the demons must flee. We believe in the name and the power of His mighty hand. And so if you're hungry and thirsty for what God has for your life today, then you come, please come. And Mark's going to lead us. And while he's singing, the Spirit of the living God has been speaking to you. And you're not even sure it's the Spirit, but you sense something. We call it our conscience. Then you come. We're not asking you to sign up for anything. We're, just, we're here to pray with you. That's it. So you're here today, not by chance, but by divine appointment. Is. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.